Thank you for joining the Underground Playground podcast with your hosts, Steve and Mike. We're bringing you the voices and the personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's been a little while. This is Steve Bowser from the Underground Playground podcast, and my partner is um, Mike Manning. He is out of HC2 Gym in Melbourne, Florida. We have a special guest today, uh, Mr. Matt Wichlinski, which, Wichlinski, sorry if I pronounced it wrong, and he is based out of Longwood, Florida, Central Florida, and he owns a strange shop, and uh, actually I've been following Matt for a long time. Uh, he's actually an excellent strength coach, got a lot of knowledge, very entertaining guy. Um, like to kind of introduce uh, Matt to the uh, podcast. Matt, take it from there, buddy. Introduce yourself. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, I'm sure just like a lot of other people, um, I got a background in sports. I uh, fell in love with the whole physical culture thing. Now I, uh, my, my athletic career has come to a halt, so I like to uh, pass that knowledge on to younger athletes and uh, adults that are trying to stave off death. So that's what I do. Excellent. Cool. So you, you, I mean, speaking of your athletic uh, background, you, you played uh, football. Right? Can you tell us a little bit about your history with football? Sure. Um, growing up, you know, I, I did a lot of different things from baseball, wrestling, football, uh, track, all that stuff. But um, from the latter part of my high school years, I stuck with football because I really wanted to grow and put on size. And uh, when you're younger and you finish up a football season and go right into wrestling season where you're already the small kid on the football team and then you go into wrestling and they try and cut you down, yeah. um, that, that wasn't what I was trying to do. So I had to knock that off and uh, I just stuck with football then through college, had a couple injuries here and there. And I realized that strength training was the, uh, the absolute best thing for me in the off season to build up my body and, uh, and stay and, and help me stay injury free and, um, and do what I wanted to do and, uh, and make progress on the football field. So after, after having a pretty successful collegiate football campaign, I was a uh, I was All American running back in '97 and '98. If that dates me a little bit, and uh, I was able to go I was able to go to um, Europe and I played a couple seasons over there in Finland and Poland and got to play around in in Germany and Mexico uh, playing football a little bit. So so that was fun. It's a good way to uh, to use your passion as a vehicle to travel the world and um, uh, gain a lot of experience. You don't make shit for money, but it was right. uh, it was a good experience, and I'm glad I did it. And uh, once all that uh, stuff got behind me, I just started uh, personal training and getting into coaching and uh, just getting deeper and deeper into that and uh, ended up having a couple good experiences uh, as my professional career continues to grow. Well, you didn't you, – I didn't even know that they played um, contact football, you know, like you were with the Warsaw Eagles. That's in Poland. And uh, – I guess. Right. And uh, I didn't even know yeah. that they did that. That's pretty cool. Well, well, yeah, that's the, the reason why they bring the Americans over is to help popularize the sport. Uh, most of the most of the countries over there do it. It's just on such a small scale. You know, like you look at the stands and it's like, you know, going to a, a peewee football game, you know, and and, you know, nowhere Connecticut, you know, you're going to have you're going to have girlfriends and family members in the stands and that's about it. But once you, once the team gets on, you know, pretty good and they get into the, the postseason, then the stands are going to fill up. And uh, now it's getting to the point where they, uh, I think, I think now the, uh, the national championship game is being held in like their, their soccer stadiums and they're getting like 40, 50,000 people in the stands for, for that. But, but you're only going to have that for the, you know, their, their uh, so-called Super Bowl. But every other game, it's just going to be, you know, looks like a, uh, a small-town high school stadium or something. Well, it's probably got more people, uh, more fans than the uh, NFL does right now because their stadiums <laughs> uh, have been kind of empty lately. That's a fun You ain't mess. kidding, man. But, I mean, yeah, it, it is a mess. But it's I, – I, I don't even know what to say about it because – Everyone wants to cry about every little thing that happens. And, of course, there's a, a lot of validity with some of the things that they want to protest. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not a political guy, so I, I can't really yeah. get behind it. I, I just I, – I would – if it were me, I would just be overly ecstatic and happy, happy and grateful for everything that's going on. But a lot of these guys just seems like they're just shitting on, on the world and they're just not happy about anything. And I yeah. just – 
I can't well, really, I can't really fathom it. I think I, not to really get too involved with that subject, but a lot of them are a little bit confused on what they're actually, you know, standing up for and taking a knee for. And, you know, I know, I understand it first started with uh, police corruption and all that stuff, but you know, I get it, man. And you know what, everybody should have a voice. And I, and I really do. I know there's a lot of issues with corruption and there's a lot of issues with, you know, people being united and this and that, you know, racism, but there's gotta be a better way to get the point across, man. You know, if, if you know it's affecting, you know, people's feel, it's hurting people's feelings and they're taking it as if it's like disgraceful towards our soldiers and our flag, then find another way to do it, man. You know, but again, I get it. You know, they're trying to get a point across. They're trying to use their platform. Some of the, some of the more stable um, NFL players are actually, you listen to them talk and you kind of understand why, you know, but some of them just don't have a reason. They just follow the rest and it's, and it's sad that it's really affecting because I, 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 I still watch football. I mean, it hasn't really affected me deciding not to watch it, to be honest with you, but I'm just glad that they're kind of coming up with a little bit more of a resolution where they're just, you know, kind of, do you know, all in arms together. Going well, yeah, well, because that's the money. The not the money's in, in getting in play now. The the well, ratings are down. The the, Listen, the stands they, are empty. If they got paid by commission, bro, they would have never took a knee. They're getting their salary no matter what. You know what I mean? So if they yeah. would have got if the, if the ratings go down and the money's not coming in and that hurts their salary, I guarantee you a lot of these guys wouldn't be doing it. You know? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so they they're going to do everything they whatever they want, because there's a lot of times there's little to no repercussions. And, and I know that's not always the case, you know, it seems like Kaepernick's going through, you know, his share of repercussions right now, but they have their salary. They're getting paid. The people that are going to suffer the most, in my opinion, are the small uh, businesses in the surrounding areas, the people yeah. that are doing the tickets and out in the lots and all those guys, when they when the ratings go down and yeah. the attendance is down, everybody else suffers, but the players, they're still yeah. going to get paid regardless. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got to think about. I mean, like every anytime I've been to a like I haven't watched it all this year, partly because I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and 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 you know, secondary to that, I you know, honest to God, I just really can't be bothered. I, you know, from everything you know, I do see the highlights. I'm like, oh, these fucking games suck. The Patriots are losing. The freaking Giants are losing. And uh, but yeah, when you you bring up an interesting thing is like every time I've gone to an NFL game, like like. Um, Matt, I'm sure you've been to uh, Buck Stadium, which is an amazing stadium, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, everywhere around the outside, you, you've got the parking. You know, they're charging 50 bucks to park for the day. you got the T-shirt vendors. you got the guys selling the flags. You, you know, the whole shebang. Those guys are, you know, if the stadium attendance goes down, those guys are going to take a beating through no fault of their own. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Matt, let's move on to uh, a lot of people want to hear, like, your tr- – training methodology and um i know you were out of virginia when i first uh started seeing you on social media correct were you in virginia yeah i was in virginia beach for quite a few years and then okay. uh i had an opp- i had an opportunity to go over to poland and that was the last that was about uh seven or eight years ago when i went over to poland to play one final season of football then when i came back i had to rebuild my business um, yeah so i i decided i either stay in virginia beach or mm-hmm. I make a move, and I decided I moved to Fort Lauderdale. So I was in uh, Steve's neck of the woods for a yeah. few years, and then and then I got my job with WWE, which brought me up yeah. to Orlando. So working up to the WWE, like let's talk about your your business now. You had the strange shop. Um, did you do a lot of remote coaching, or did you have like a little warehouse gym or a garage gym? I mean, how? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, what was it? Uh, seven or eight years ago or so. Hold on, let me see. Sorry, I just had another call come in. Um, that's when that whole garage gym, warehouse gym boom, like really started to happen about 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Joe DeFranco was doing his thing in like a, yeah. a, a garage and he started to grow. And then there's yeah. Zach Evan Nash. Some people are going to know about him. Sure. So you, you realize how easy it was. Like literally 10 years ago, you could just buy a handful of junk and, and have a garage and call yourself a trainer. And yeah. some people were able to, you know, do that. You have guys like Elliot Holst who did yeah. it out of his, he did it out of a shitty van with, you know, bags filled of dirt. And then, you know, you have people pick it up and carry logs across the field and drag sleds across the field. And you literally have like $19 worth of crap that people are sweating over. And, uh, 
and you're a strength coach. And that's fine if, if you can, you know, use that and, and hustle and, and you can build your business and your brand. You just, you just had to call yourself hardcore somehow and, right. it's, and it's all good. And um, have a presence on social media, right? Just basically build your presence on social media. I'd say back then, I mean, like YouTube was starting out and, yeah. and all these things. And we didn't even have like Facebook wasn't even huge yet. Right. We didn't even have Instagram and all this shit like right. that it is now. So it was a little bit different, but it was it, it was hard in its own way. But now so many more people are doing it like you have so many people that maybe they have some more money. They have some, some more daddy money or something coming into it. They might not have the background or, or the training or even the passion. They just, they have this like very, you know, like ex external passion with it. Like they, maybe they have a six pack or something and they get, you know, twenty thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to open a nice facility. They lay the turf down, they paint the walls and it doesn't say anything about their ability to coach people but they can use a template or they have a, a good looking facility and then they can take off from there. It usually, you know, the cream usually rises to the top after a while, but, but all that stuff looks great right out of the gate. Um, yeah. So I had a facility that I, I started from scratch. I was taking, you know, my personal training money that I'd work. I was the, you know, stereotypical guy that all morning long, I'm doing PT work all night long. I'm in a bar or something like that, doing extra yeah. side jobs, trying to, trying to just, you know, just working 16 hour days and shit like that. And until I decided I I'd do my own thing, I did the best I could with what I had without mm -hmm. having any knowledge of, you know, marketing and all that. And you think, well, if, if you build it, they will grow. If you're passionate, uh -huh. people will come in and you know, that's all fine. If you, if you have a following, if you have a lot of friends in your area, you're going to have something to start with and you hope that you can basically float long enough until, you know, it, it does grow. But if you don't have some kind of marketing and, and that hustle to get it going, you're going to fucking drown. And, yeah. and I really struggled. I struggled for a long time and I was very fortunate that I was able to survive long enough until I was, until I got noticed and, um, was able to get a connection when WWE was looking for a strength coach. And I was in the right place at the right time, knew the right people, the sun, the moon, the stars and all that bullshit kind of happened. And I yeah. got a job and that was, that was better for me, but it's certainly not for everybody. Like mm -hmm. there's people that are much better entrepreneurs and they could be a shitty coach, but run a great business and vice yeah. versa. You know, you, versa, they could be an yeah. awesome, you know, so it, it goes both ways. So you have to find, what's going to work best for you, your ability, your lifestyle, your goals. Um, so for me, it was at the time, it was definitely better to, you know, be a coach for another company and not have to go out and, and do the marketing and all that stuff. I could just go in, I could train my athletes and go home. And, and that were was you, my focus. I, were, were you working, were you working with uh, like established wrestlers or were you like, were they the up and coming folks? What, you know, how did they position you in the WWE to train strength and conditioning for, you know, basically their talent, right? Right. Here's how it works. The WWE, the talent that you see on Monday Night Raw, um, on, on SmackDown Live, they're on the road pretty much every day. And, and they're out and they're on their own. So I was the strength coach at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. And the Performance Center is... They have kind of, it's originally it was considered kind of the farm league, a developmental league, NXT. And then once you kind of graduate from NXT, you get called up to the main roster, which is WWE or SmackDown. That's kind of like a two-sided brand. Um, yeah. So as all the NXT talent and it's, it's called developmental, um, but really they're their own entity. Now they're growing and they're doing really well. So you look at the uh, performance center is kind of like their college. You have, um, at the time when I got hired, Dusty Rhodes, anyone that's ever followed oh, wrestling yeah. at all knows who Dusty Rhodes is. Dusty he Rhodes. Was our, Dusty Rhodes. He was our, um, basically character development. He helped with their acting and help, helped develop their character. And I ran the gym and then we had about seven or eight, uh, wrestling coaches and we had seven rings and we had a different coach per ring. And every once in a while we'd have a special guest come in. It, it might've been, yeah, it, it could have been anyone. Sometimes it was a smaller name guy. Every once in a while we'd have like a very, a huge treat of having like the undertaker come in for a day. Um, 
but some, you know, something like that. John Cena would come in and do a talk here and there because he's got a place in Tampa. So every once in a while, he would just do a favor and come by for a day and basically just talk and hang out and, and just, you know, do like a Q and a for a couple hours. So that was always a treat for these guys coming in to, you know, have like a sit down with Cena or something like that. But so I, I ran the gym and everyone had a very tight schedule. They had their time that they're supposed to work out in the gym with me for an hour and a half. They got three hours in the ring every day. They have like an hour and a half um, creative development every, pretty much every day. So they, they got a full, a full deal. And just like, the, just like the NFL, when they start, they go through their, you know, financial coaching you know, they get people in there to make sure that they don't blow all their money on Lamborghinis right. and, and mansions, you know? So we, we did everything we possibly could to educate them on, you know, what, what they're going to be getting into transitioning from a career where they're making 50,000 up to maybe 500,000 or more as they become, you know, superstars. And we, we did everything we could with what we got. But when, when you're thrown into that right out of the gate, I didn't know any of them. And I had guys that some of them had NFL experience. Yeah, uh, right. One or two guys, one or two guys came from like the strongman circuit and did really well. So when they're looking at me, they're like, what the fuck is this guy going to teach you? I'm 5'7", 210 pounds. Right. And you got guys that are six foot eight, 400 pounds. They're like, what the fuck is this guy going to teach me? Now, obviously I'm not going to try and teach them how to get stronger. They don't need that. Yeah. What they do need is how to stay healthier. So I would do the best I can to work with each person on what they needed. But when you got one coach working with over 70 athletes on a rotating yeah. basis, it's almost impossible to right. give everyone a, a custom plan, especially yeah. when they're just, if they're initially not buying in to what you're doing, they want to do their own thing. I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Then you have the other end of the spectrum that is so needy and they don't do anything unless you tell them exactly what to do and they can't think for themselves. So, <laughs> this is like every single gym everywhere, right? Right. Yeah. We all, we all deal with the same shit, you know, yeah. it's just, if, if you, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're, you're a business owner, you have people paying you to come in. So, you know, a lot of them are going to be more, more apt to, to listen to what you're saying, but if they're being paid, it's kind of like this entitlement. I know what I'm doing. Like no, how, how many employees out there don't like shit talk the boss? You know what I mean? Like right. it, it happens in every, in every company. So when I'm telling them, here's your workout, this is what we're doing. And if they don't want to do it, they're going to be grumbling this and that. So my, yeah, my but what are, do, several, do they, have, do they have repercussions if they don't do what you tell them? I mean, do you have any authority over them or what? Yeah. Yeah, there was, but a lot, of, but it didn't take long for them to realize that the repercussions didn't really mean anything because yeah. it's a business of making money. So right. if we only have one guy that's six foot nine, 400 pounds, and he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, they're still going to put him up on the main roster because there's no one else that's six nine four hundred. But if you're one of these unfortunate pricks that's six foot one, white guy, uh, two hundred and thirty pounds, well, that's every motherfucker. So right. if you're not if you're not standing out like a stiff dick, like you need to do everything <laughs> to the fucking T. But if if you have something that really separates you, I don't know. It could be anything from ethnicity or some crazy gimmick. But people, people figured it out after a while. At first, at first, it was just like the grumbles or they're like, I don't fucking feel like doing that today. I want to train back today. And it's like, well, we're not training <laughs> back. You know, like, you know, we had, if, if I'm training, you know, like 25 people in a group and we have five racks and you have half the people that want their own fucking rack to do their own thing, it just doesn't work, you know? Right. Um, so I've learned a lot from a lot of different strength coaches how to work with and how to organize in a team setting like that. So you have Joe Ken and other guys that are working, you know, with some of the Lamborghinis of the human race. I, if you're a strength coach in the NFL, it's not always about getting these guys to run a 10th of a second faster or lift, you know, 20 more pounds on their deadlift. It's just trying to keep them fucking healthy. Yeah. And with these, with these guys, a lot of times all they really wanted was abs and guns, you know, like I want my peak, my bicep peak to pop or I want my abs to pop out. How come we're not doing more abs? Like they really, sometimes uh, it's like, how do you even think this is still a thing? Like they think they need to do a thousand crunches a day yeah. and they might look, they might look good. It might be a genetic thing. It might be just from, from hard work. And I think you guys will agree. Sometimes even a shitty plan 
executed with a lot of you know passion and intensity it can get you good results like i i'll see these girls that are doing like a thousand crunches a day they can't do a single push-up not one right. fucking push-up but they'll do a thousand crunches and they have a small waist or something and they think that's the thing okay show me one push-up and they can barely hold a plank and it's like how do you expect to be safe when when your girl, you know, your partner is going to suplex you and you have to land on the back of your neck or something like that. And you can't even hold a plank. How do you expect to stay safe in the long run? You know, so yeah. it's, it's trying to teach these people the things that are really important to keep them safe so they can stay in the game, the longevity, the durability, and not just what your fucking abs look like. So, <laughs> it's, so, so, it's something so that, they're not really too concerned about performance. They're looking more for aesthetics then is what. Well, yeah, I think they don't yeah. know any better. I think the, the education is, you know, we're still in that 70s bodybuilder you know, mentality where right. appearance determines fitness, right? And so, right, right. you know, that, that's a huge thing is, is, is I, I, you know, I go through that with coaching is, you know, people, oh, my Fitbit says that I burned X amount of calories or, you know, yeah. like I, I need to do more sit-ups for my abs when really they, they just need to fucking eat right and lift heavier weights, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's always going to be some kind of resistance. If you don't want to do something and it's something hard, then it's, it's so easy to just find anything to, to, to get some resistance to not have to do it. Uh, it was always a classic thing. I never saw Hulk Hogan do this or Hulk, Hulk right. didn't do this or that. And he was over, right? And I was like, yeah, well, you're also not six foot seven, 340 pounds or whatever the case is. So don't try and compare yourself to, you know, the guy that's like, you know, the most popular of all time because you're a no name and I'm trying to keep you healthy, you know, and it's a different time. It's a different era and trying to get everyone on getting most people on a pretty good plan is a lot better than getting one person on a perfect plan. I, right. In, in my opinion. Yeah. When, when, Consistency. Yeah. When you, when you're dealing with that many people, it's really hard. And I've never seen or heard of another, even in probably a high school setting, but every, every decent college program, every professional program, they have a head coach and they have a, several assistants. So if you go to, we'll just you know, say Ohio State or fill in the blank of, of any collegiate program, you have a head strength coach and then you're going to have multiple assistants. Well, if you just have one guy and 25 people to monitor – there's always going to be some shit that goes on. And at first I did the best I could to like be very strict with the ground rules. And then over time, gradually ease up because I think if you do it the opposite way, if you yeah, come you in never, easy, you're just, yeah. it's yeah, like, you a can't pain, get that back. Like They're just going to shit on yeah, you. Pain compliance type of thing. So, you know, I had a little bit of experience. Uh, I was training, I was coaching the grid athletes for the Miami surge. Right. Right. So what I, I same same scenario, man. I had I had like some heavy hitters. I had some endurance athletes. I had a lot of specialists on a team. So, you know, here it's me and um, and my wife Heidi was uh, helping out as an assistant coach. And then we actually pulled in a, uh, another couple of assistant coaches. And what we did is, um, you know, we, we we made an agreement. I, I figured it out like in in the third day of camp. We made an agreement with everybody. We would we would. Uh, go through the training that I wanted to train them. And I wanted them to, to run some races and, and test them. And the agreement was if they did what I wanted to do, then I gave them like two hours of open gym time to work on whatever they wanted to. So it, it kind of seemed to work really well because it just seemed like these guys had a hard time not trying to max out on some kind of a lift like every day. But they're young and they're able to do it. And, um, you know, that kind of worked out really well when we, uh, when we actually allowed that. Uh, so I guess you got to kind of compromise. You can't be really super strict. Just like you said, it's like pain compliance. In the beginning, you set the ground rules, and then eventually you kind of let up and give them some, uh, re you know, reward them. And, uh, Absolutely. And I did the same exact thing, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, if I had an hour and a half with them, there'd be at least 45 minutes to an hour where we're going through my program, what I wanted everybody to do, to do so we could cover all the basics. And then they'd always have at least a half hour at the end to do the extra stuff. I know the guys are always going to do their curls and they're going to do some stuff like that. I, and I had such a, 
a, a different group of people from all over the world, different parts and, and, and different backgrounds and training styles. Uh, we got the big guys. We got the smaller lucha style guys that like to do the flips. So they want to do some more acrobatic shit, sure. whereas the bigger sure. guys want to, you know, want to you know, work on like just arms or something like that. So feel free. Yeah. In my opinion, they didn't need me to teach them how to do a proper curl. I understand there's all kinds of different variations of curls and tricep extensions, sure. but for the most part, they can get that pretty good and I can just let them go. And, th- and then they had their own, uh, their own, um, you know, gym membership at LA fitness or wherever else after work anyway. And a lot of guys, they, they would just do more because they'd say, Oh, well, I, I didn't get enough of a fucking bicep pump. So yeah. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put that in their program when I know they're going to do it on their own. But yeah. what I know they're not going to do is their weekly squats and their deadlifts and shit like mm-hmm. that. You know, they're, yeah. they'll skip that every fucking day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I focused on the biggest, most, most important shit. And, uh, and I let them get all the extra shit on their own and, and, uh, given them that, that sense of freedom and they, it's, it's like they have ownership over their program. They're training themselves. And it's not just like purely what someone else is doing. And I think that's important, especially in a, in a gym setting, like not, I, I guess in a sports setting, yes, but in a gym here, you had the, the new girl that comes in, and at first, she's, like, extremely intimidated by just setting foot in a gym, so it's, like, a massive, like, life-changing step for her to come into the gym for the first time, whether it's CrossFit or her first PT session, and then after a couple months, she starts, you know, doing some extra shit on her own, start doing some extra cardio, whatever it is. And you, when you, when you get to that point of not having to tell them every single step of the way and they start to get it and they're just doing it on their own. I, to me, that's, that's a huge, uh, like successful step. Right there. Matt, did you train, did you train the female, uh, WWE, um, athletes? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, the, they were the divas when we started, and then they lost uh, the divas term, and now it's just the uh, the the late the the women's division. But um, yep, they had their own class. They had their own class in the ring, and then they had their own time in the gym, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, most of them are extremely hardworking. Some of them are kind of goofballs, but just like any other class, it's it's, it's no different with the the girls or the guys. Charlotte Flair is Rick Rick Flair's daughter. She was in there. She's uh definitely our best talent. Um, four of the girls that I worked with, they had on the uh, cover of magazines. I think it's muscle and fitness hers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, Eva Marie. She's kind of a popular star. Eva Marie was, she was there for a bit. And, and of course they, they moved her up to the main roster before she was ready. But when you look like that and they, 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 they they smell that money, they just smelled that money. Like we got to get her up. She's going to make us money right now. Well, her (laughs) wrestling, her wrestling ability just wasn't there yet. She needed a lot more work, but they wanted to rush her through. And you guys know, it, fill in the job, any, or fill in the blank with any job in the world. I don't care if it's plumbing, electrical, whatever. If you rush through and you don't actually understand the information, you're either going to get hurt, hurt somebody else, or just fuck it up. So she yeah. wasn't ready, but, but they wanted to rush her through. And then now, um, basically because of her looks and she developed a team around her. And now uh, she quit WWE and she's an entrepreneur doing very well in fashion, selling her sunglasses and tank tops and every other thing, but she's doing really well. So that's great. Charlotte's doing awesome. Yeah. You bring up, I mean, you bring up a a good point, you know, when, you know, like uh, people can open, like you started out by saying, you know, people can just open up gyms and um, you know, with daddy's money. Uh, and not really know what's going on. And then, you know, you went back to, you know, Elliot Holtz and Zach Evanesh. And, you know, I actually went to my uh, CrossFit level one with Zach Evanesh. And then, you know, being from Florida, I saw Elliot's stuff. Elliot was a prolific marketer, right? He had, you know, landing pages and things like that back in the early 2000s before anybody else. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, and then, you, you know, when you segue all the way up to WWE where they're putting people who aren't ready into the ring because they smell that money. I mean, isn't that ultimately what we're talking about here in the strength and conditioning world and the sports performance world. And, you know, the gym world is where, um, you know, in the end it comes, especially now with social media and how quickly you can get your name out there that, um, you know, it's all about making that money regardless of, you know, your talent or ability or skills. Absolutely. Then, but you have the, the difference, a company like WWE, they can hold you in the palm of their hands because they can promote you. They can fire you. They have the ultimate control over what they want to do with you. If you're an entrepreneur, you're doing it on your own. Yeah. So if you'd established like an amazing, um, you know, uh, 
popularity, you, you build up your social media following and all that because of either one, your ability to squat heavy, two, just having a nice ass, three, I mean, you're, you're editing, like maybe you have a, a friend who does your editing on your videos and your videos might be, you know, or your, your ability might be subpar, but if you put some cool music on there and some editing and some flashy shit, hey, now you've got a really good one. I've seen a lot of videos out there that the the actual content is amazing, but it's kind of like boring to watch. Maybe it's just from an iPhone like that didn't move versus like constant like cutting to this, cutting to that, the the the, the hottest new uh, sound clip. You know it. So what's what is getting you popular? Is it the marketing? Is it your ass? Is it your ability? Is it your coach? Is it your your talent? So yeah, there's all kinds of different shit out there. But I, I think, think yeah. if it's if it's the company that's pushing you along, they're ultimately responsible. If you're doing it yourself and you're not ready, like on one hand, I respect it because it's like jump in with both feet and don't be afraid. Don't don't wait for someone else to tell you you're good enough. I like all that, but on the other end of the spectrum. If you're not good enough, then you're you're putting all these people's, you know, really their their health. It's not just their fitness, but a lot of times it's their health. How many people do you see get hurt because they're doing these high intensity wads or whatever, and yep. they totally should not be doing it? If you can't do if you can't do one decent looking snatch, why the fuck are you doing thirty as fast as possible? And it's not just Olympic lifting, but it could be anything. Like I just believe in progression. You know, start easy, progress slow. And uh, the, the gains are going to happen. Um, and pretty much anything that you can learn, you, you know, in, in this fitness, you can take it back to almost any, like, uh, you know, story tale, like fucking the three pigs, right? You got the guy that made the house real fast out of fucking straw, then the other guy, then the, the, the pig that made it out of fucking brick. I'd rather build a strong foundation. It takes a little bit longer, but if they stick around for a year or longer, they're going to see how much better they are than the other guy that just did, like, 30 minute plyometric session, bebopping around, like jumping. Oh, well, I lost 20 pounds. I lost 20 pounds in a month, but then they end up spraining their ankle and hurting their knee. And that's not because they had no real structural, you know, stability. They just started, you went from being a couch potato to fucking doing 30 minute plyo sessions. Makes no fucking sense, but they don't know any better. They They don't know any better. They don't. And that Steven and I were talking right before we went live. um, We were talking about, you know, programming and stuff like that. And we, we were, discussing a a person who, you know, has been doing CrossFit for three months and, you know, they decide, Hey, I want to switch gyms. And, um, and so they call a gym owner or a coach and they say, Hey, I want to know about your programming. And, you know, they basically, they just learned how to like squat body weight, like less than three months ago. And they're asking you about your program modalities and your percentages and all that kind of stuff. The reality, you know, the, the people don't know, but the, those are the same people that the minute something comes along on the internet, they'll jump. <laughs> we, we won't say any names, but we were making fun of a program that's famous in the CrossFit world. It starts with a out and ends with a law. Uh, a lot a lot of years ago, and a lot of people and a lot of people jumped on and followed that. Um, and you know, they they just you know, oh, I gotta follow this, and you really you've got th- you, you can't even do a body weight. Um, squat or a two times by one and a half times body weight deadlift and you're worried about all this craziness do you see that at the high level like in the wwe and in, in your sports too that you know these um people they just don't have any really concept of of the basics yeah uh, i mean it's it's going to happen everywhere and the same idea but but take it to a different um aspect of their their training or their profession it's not just what they're doing in the gym but in the ring we have guys that just start but they start studying the film and the tape of some other guys that have been training for, you know, decades. And then they want to do like the triple ending off the top rope and they want to do these flips. And it's almost like they don't understand what the repercussions are. If you land wrong or it's your fault that your, your wrestling partner lands on his neck wrong, people fucking die in that ring when you're not educated, not trained enough to, to do these things. But they want to get a big pop from the crowd. They want to they want to like skyrocket their superstardom and go from zero to hero, you know, in one weekend. So it's really one of those things. If, if you like you said uh, to you know, use an analogy, if you can't do a bodyweight squat, but then you want to do an advanced program, outlaw program, whatever it is, 
three months later, you obviously did not run any novice progression. You didn't run an intermediate mm-hmm. progression. You're just trying to go from zero to hero overnight. And these wrestlers try and do that. They come, some of them that we bring into the performance center already have a decade or more of experience. And we actually bring them in on the back end of their career where we're really trying to get them to go out. Like maybe they're already in their early thirties or something. We really don't hire anybody over 35 because we know that there's only so much you can get out of the rest of that career. Um, Most wrestlers are pretty much very done by, you know, know, that mid to late thirties. And that's going to be like your older wrestlers. So uh, some of these guys will come in brand new, completely green. And then they want to, they want to do all this advanced shit, but they don't know any any idea of, of the basics. So I guess that's going to happen everywhere. And that's where you're going to get in trouble, get people hurt. It's on every, it's on every level. And what you're saying makes a hundred percent perfect sense because you'll get people coming in, just started a program, you know, and all of a sudden they're like, they're trying to do butterfly pull-ups. And I look at them and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, um, yeah. trying to do yeah. butterfly pull-ups. Well, listen, how many strict pull-ups can you do? You know, none. Can't do any. Right. So I, I basically right. say, listen, you got to earn it. You have to earn it. You have to do your right. strict pull-ups first. You got to do your progressions, build up maybe to some kipping after a while, and then maybe with proper coaching, start doing your butterfly pull-ups. So you, you know, so you're basically saying right. at every level, you know, people are trying to jump right to the top of the ladder. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to start at the bottom. They're not going to, you know, earn it. They're just going to, you know, take the risk and play Russian roulette and try to do these major suplex movements and then take the risk of actually blowing her fucking neck out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, it's, Judy, and, like that Judy chopping dojo video. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, let's you guys know. Diamond Dave for that. <laughs> Diamond Dave, baby. Diamond Dave. So yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, that's, it's, it's funny to talk about now and we're not trying to put anybody, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but there was, there was a video going around a while ago, um, and it was uh, titled, like, CrossFit Weightlifting Diamond Dave, and it was a uh, gym that uh, was doing a uh, open workout. Um, that was, like, the original – that was, like, the original CrossFit Fails video from what, what I remember, right? Video, I think – how many hits is that thing at? Like, a half a million? I mean, it's, it's insane. You well, know? it's – I put it up and then the guys called me crying saying, I can't believe you did this to us. So I took it down immediately, but someone else had uh, downloaded it and took it and it's on their page. So after they did it, I said, well, fuck it. It's going to be up on the internet anyway. So I, I put it back up. So it's, I've got a bunch on mine and whoever else stole it from me, I think it's Miss Harry nuts stole it from me. And, uh, and they have a bunch of videos too. Yeah. So so there's, dude, that, there's was, that was the funniest fucking, I mean, that was like early on. There was no CrossFitFails.com. YouTube was pretty new. Um, that thing popped out and I was like, I don't know who this dude is talking, but he's hilarious as shit. You go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and wrap them paper towels on your hands right there. So, listen, a lot yeah. of people might not know what this is. So let's just make it clear. So if you search for, um, I don't know, CrossFit Weightlifting Diamond Dave, it's on YouTube. I get it. Yeah, it's a YouTube yeah. video, and it just basically – it's a hidden camera or a camera setup that nobody realizes it. And they're doing an open workout where it's the snatch – it's like heavy snatches or not even really that heavy yet. But back well, then – Well, it was – yeah, it was a 10-minute snatch wad, like AMRAP or whatever. It was uh, an ascending weight. I think they started at 65 pounds for 30, 95 pounds for 30, 135 for 30, 165 for 30, and then you max out at like 205. And it got ugly. It yeah. got ugly quick. Yeah, it yeah. was. And I, I like basically got the last minute. It was turned into a snatch grip push press. One guy had paper towels in his hand. They were falling. It was. <laughs> it, was it was just funny. And you know what? Like the I, narration was the funniest part. Yeah, the, it was. And and the funny thing is, I know the dudes, and they're actually, you know, they they laugh about it now. But you know, they were a little butthurt back then. But you know, and. And these dudes are actually pretty serious. They're pretty good athletes, and they've cleaned up a lot of this. But that's the early days, and we kind of be yeah. And it's, right. it's exactly what we're talking about. Like, these guys even know there's no reason why they should have been doing what they were doing, but they were trying to do the open workout. They were doing shit that they, they were not prepared for. And luckily, they didn't get hurt because if you well, watch the video, you're going to cringe. You're going to go, holy shit, snatch yeah. the push press, right. man. 
I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a link I'm gonna put a link up to that video in the show notes when we when we publish this. But like you know that's oh, put like up, put up Matt so Matt can get the traffic on his. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, definitely. You know, you got to give credit where credit is due. That shit was funny as fuck, dude. But like, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Is like you know around 2011, Steve. You'll remember, and Matt, I'm sure you do too. You know, following CrossFit. Um, Right around 2000, you know, 10, 2011, when the game started hitting and the sport of fitness came on and then, you know, all of a sudden it's on ESPN, you got people coming into the gym who are like, hey, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so, right, you know, you can't, either the hard part was telling them, no, you can't snatch today. No, you're not going to do a muscle up today. No, you're not going to do, you know, I'm sorry that you can't link double under, you know, it's like that constant battle. But then again, right. a lot of a lot of gyms opened up when that was their only exposure to the strength and conditioning world. Their only exposure to physical culture was what they saw on ESPN. And so, you know, what? Oh, hey, let's just do what they do on the videos. And now you've got, you know, 40 year old housewives in there snatching um, right. with hor horrible technique. And, and you know, and, th and then all of a sudden, I don't know, it's like almost the norm right now. It's like, uh, that's yeah. okay. I don't know why that's okay. Um, but, you know, and then there was a culture in the CrossFit world too, where, uh, and I'm going to be honest about this, is early days of the message board and the, the, the way the community evolved was you didn't talk down about another gym owner or another coach. And you didn't, like you didn't want, you know, it was a movement. And so you didn't want to call out bad technique. And I think that was a problem back then. Looking back now, we never called out bad technique on other gym owners. You know, they put up a video with horrible technique and you say, Hey, that's a great video. You know, what kind of camera did you use? Right. That's all we care right. about. Yep. It was just, yeah, it was everyone giving each other a high five and a circle jerk, even though it was something really, really fucking bad. And then it, it, after some time, you know, it would start to creep out. It's like, man, this is, this is really fucked up shit. And then you'd have the haters that would start coming out and they would easily get banned from the community and <laughs> yeah. they weren't allowed to post on the board anymore, which I just, you know, they, they preached about, you know, open source and, you know, freedom of speech and all these things. But if, as soon as someone said anything that went against their philosophy or, or didn't, didn't really praise them to the, to the gods, they were like banned. So it was just yeah. kind of wild. Um, I, I loved so much about CrossFit. I thought, I thought it was fantastic. They're getting the word out, getting people working hard, but everything that they said, like at the certs, um, you know, preaching, you know, uh, consistency and doing things right before intensity and all that. But then as soon as you get into a wad, all that shit just was a fucking lie. And everyone yeah. just fucking ram, ramrodding shit down their throat, go hard, go faster. <laughs> And like, like you said earlier, you should be stepping on their bar saying, hey, stop it. Calm down. We need to do something different because this particular thing is not for you today. Like, we'll get there, but be patient. Um, and that's one of those things, like uh, with, with that Diamond Dave video, those guys, they are great guys. And I, I train there and I like them and, I, and, and they were learning, but it really came down to just ignorance you know like they just yeah. didn't know the repercussions of what is going to happen down the road if they continue doing that shit like let's do the wad at by any means necessary and i am not about that i'm not like any way you can get that bar over your head if you go to any yeah. competition i don't i don't care if it's a kettlebell snatch competition uh an olympic weightlifting competition when you don't do it right you get red lighted you get red lighted right. enough, you are not allowed to proceed because it's a safety issue. If you do like what two or three um, incomplete snatches in a, in a kettlebell, you know you've got you have ten minutes to get as many as you can, and as as soon as it goes to shit, you're done, you're terminated, right. and it's for your own good. And there has to be a standard. And CrossFit's big on having their standard, right? You have to, you know toes to bar and now push-ups like every single push-up you have to do this hand release because people find a way to to cheat well you know the, the a lot of yeah a lot of uh, a lot of the crossfit standards that people like coaches use for movement standards or correct you know how to train an athlete or a person a lot of the standards simply evolved because of how easy or hard it was to judge it in a competition. So like exactly. the American, like the American kettlebell swing, you know, yep. the, the American kettlebell swing is not overhead with your ears exposed in the front, right? The American yep. kettlebell swing is eye level. And then, you know, which, and there's still, you know, kettlebell purists who argue that, 
And then there's the Russian swing, but the, uh, you know, the kettlebell swing standard for CrossFit, there was a whole drama about that. And it, it was basically because the judge can't, he has to see your ear to have a landmark in order to judge if you did the same range of motion as your competitor. And then, then right. now we have, we don't have snatches and clean and jerks anymore in CrossFit. We have shoulder to overhead or, or ground to right. overhead. Right. And yep. so you have to call it a different name. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to, or, or otherwise you're going to risk the wrath of the purists. And, you know, so there's a middle ground in there somewhere, but nonetheless, a lot of these standards are there, like you said, for safety. And when you're dealing with the 99.9% the of people that go to CrossFit gyms, they just want to look better, feel better and be able to go to work on Monday morning. And they're yep. not trying to, you know, win the CrossFit games. And so, you know, that whole approach needs to be looked at, I think. Yeah. I, and I think if you're doing it on your own and it's your free will, if you want to be this fire breather, you're 23 years old and your collegiate athletic career is over and you want to go out and you want to hammer your body into the ground with these insane wads, feel free, do it. But to your point, when people just want to look better, feel better, move better, and they're, they're, in, they're investing into a gym and a coach and they're trusting them to take care of them and guide them along the way, why the fuck is that coach trying to take this 40-year-old housewife who just wants those simple goals of losing some weight and feeling better, why is he making her do these super high-intensity workouts with drills and exercises and movements that she has no business doing? I think it's, it's the coaching problem and trying to fit the person into the workout instead of adjusting the workout into the person. I know people say everything's scalable. We can change the weight, but sometimes it's not just the weight. It's the actual movement. They might not be prepared for certain things. So, do you know, you uh, know who I know has, um, do, do you, um, do you know, Sean Mansell? Manso, have you heard of him? He's got a book out called by the numbers. Steven, have you heard of Sean? You know, Sean, he was, uh, he, he owned CrossFit Pioneer Valley back in the day. Sean Mansell. M-A-N-S-E-A-U. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. So he came out with, uh, he was a, uh, an animator, right? Uh, illustrator, I guess. I don't know what you call it, but like, you know how you remember back in the day when you were a kid and you would draw like a picture of a stick figure in one position. And then on the next page, you would draw the next position and then you'd flip through it real quick and it would show him moving like a cartoon animator. So that's what he did. And then he, you know, he became a, a CrossFit coach, uh, you know, open his own gym, just like everybody else. That's and a good, that's a good fucking background. Be a fucking cartoonist and then open a gym. and be a <laughs> Right. I, I mean, fucking Disney <laughs> shit. I mean, <laughs> the comedy. Right. Yeah. And so, so anyway, he put, he, he wrote a book, um, um, that's uh the, the he's got higher what's called hierarchies and uh right. it's a it's a manual for coaches how to teach and so it's not scaling and modification it's basically saying look if you can't do a push-up oh, on yeah. the ground with correct technique then the first thing you should be doing is a box push-up if you can't do a pull-up you should be doing a ring row right, if right. you can't do a a, a a hang power snatch you should be doing a muscle snatch if you can't do an overhead squat you should be doing a front squat and you know uh, so there, that's a really good book, but I mean, it speaks to the necessity of it. But then again, if you ask most crossers, oh, I don't fuck it. I just scale it. Just use less weight. Right. 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 Um, Christopher Summers, uh, did the, uh, essentially the same thing with, uh, yeah. gymnastic bodies, gymnastics, his program. Yep, gymnastic bodies. Yeah. 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 Gymnastics bodies. It, it's a, it's a great program and that's, that's grown in like, crazy amounts over the years i know he did a little bit of work with crossfit and then he left that community because he wasn't uh wasn't happy with the direction they were going so he's got his own thing but yeah he starts at the very basics and you have to be able to do a certain like for the the easier the exercise the more volume you should do five sets of 15 if you're doing like you know push-ups off a high box and then as it gets harder, you move to your dips and then your ring dips. And by the time you get the ring dips, five sets of five, and then you're ready to progress to the next level. But so right, and that's all, that's get, all, bef yeah, that's all before you're even allowed to get on the rings or climb the rope. Exactly. Exactly. Because if, if you're getting on the rings right out of the gate, you 99% of people do not have the structural integrity in their elbows and shoulders to, you know, support their weight with that kind of instability. Um, and I, it, you should train with stability first before any kind of instability and rings are very unstable. So yes, you can get strong, but you have to earn the right, as you said, to actually get on them first yeah. instead of starting there, instead of starting there. Yeah. Like these idiots that fucking 
throw their clients on BOSU balls to do overhead squats with chains. <laughs> like, people still do it. Like, it's crazy. Get the you fuck out of here. No way. There's a, million, there's a million videos out there about telling, showing it and saying why this is stupid, but they still fucking do it. I don't know why, but they just think, I don't know. I guess every single day there's a new personal trainer out there who's trying to prove himself. So he has to do something cool, right? Instead of just doing the basics. Um, to me, it's like, it's like a chef. If, if yesterday I'm a dishwasher, and then they start bringing me up the line to sous chef. I don't start creating my own fucking recipes. I just do what the fucking chef tells me to do for years and years and years. Eventually, Scrambled fucking and, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> eventually, so we, you can write your own recipes, but we, not, we for, this, not for a decade. Yeah. We had this guy at our gym. Oh, my God. It was about three, four years ago. I swear to God, I, I put a stop to it because it was making me nervous. But I swear to God. Was he a coach or a member? No, he's a member. And uh, dude was a really good power lifter, uh, very good Olympic lifter. He was just built that way. Short guy, short, you know, just long torso, short limb. Anyway, this fucking guy one day just decides, I'm going to overhead squat, and then I'm going to jump on a, bo a box. You know, I'm going to do a box squat or a box jump with a bar in the overhead squat position. In other words, just block Great. He fucking started with, like, just the bar. Then he goes to, you know, 75, 95, and I'm, like, watching him. And he's, like, he's jumping on, like, a 20-inch box. I literally watched him build up to 185. And he, wow. he fucking just jumps up on this box and lands with the bar in the overhead squat position. Yeah, just because you can do shit doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Listen, right. I was – at that point, I was like, dude, that's enough. You got to stop. That's why that. your gym's out of control, Steve. I saw your post on well, Facebook. Somebody left, a, somebody left the fucking PVC. I can, be, I can make myself uh, go viral, dude. <laughs> well, somebody in your gym left the PVC pipe next to the snack machine. I mean, yeah. you got to shut everything down and fucking oh, figure you know out what? where you're coming you know, from here. Listen, listen, let me back up. I know how that started, by the way. This kid out on the West Coast, I forget his name, Jer uh, Jeremy something. He posted a video of him doing it with, like, 135. So that's what got him – you know, like I said, I walked in, and this shit's going on. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, – Well, you're going out across that fails. Yeah, stupid tricks, you know. Uh, what's, what's the saying? Uh, stupid uh, – Stupid is as stupid does. Yeah, that too. Or, no, uh, do stupid shit, earn stupid prizes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah. you know, we, yep. listen, we all want to see, like, the circus moves, you know, what – we got a guy here, Trevor Jaffe. That guy is just insanely strong. He's well, he's an animal. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, he'll come in here some days, and his flexibility and mobility is amazing, and he'll literally sit in a squat position and put a bar in front of him with a snatch grip, and he'll not even stand up. He'll stay in a squat position, and he'll just lift that bar over his head. Sots press. He's away. doing sots presses. No, it's not a press. He's picking it up from the floor. It's oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. He's like – doing a snatch grip, almost reverse curl, and bringing it over his head. And, like, he just does these circus movements. It's just amazing to watch, you know. And everybody likes seeing that shit. But, again, like you said, safety's a major issue. There's a difference between having fun, but then when it's out of control, you got to put the brakes on, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, you're pretty good on a rings. I've seen you do some pretty amazing gymnastics movements and complexes and stuff like that that uh, you put out. I remember seeing that on YouTube. Over the years, I've uh, I've done a whole my share of stupid human tricks. I've tried to juggle the barbell and do dumb shit like that, and it's 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 cool. And it was just me like having fun. Yeah. What's going on, Victor? I you know, but when you start putting it out there, now other people are like, oh, monkey see, it's, monkey do. Now it's my turn to do it. And and on one hand, it's kind of. Yeah, on one hand, it's kind of irresponsible to put it out yeah. there because you know other people are going to want to do it, especially when you put yourself out there as a coach. It's like, okay, I'm a coach. I know what I'm doing. You should do what I'm doing. Um, but it's not, it's not always that case because sometimes it's just like, all right, I just showed up to the gym. Um, I'm still drunk from last night, and I'm going to do some stupid <laughs> yeah. human tricks. You know, and, and you do stuff because you can. But so looking back, uh, half the videos I put out over the years are just dumb, but it was me trying to, like, get some – you know, gain some leverage, get some popularity, get some clicks and shit like that. So I regret a lot of it. There's some of it that I think, you know, has, has some good yeah. info. Some of it's you really know, stupid, but some of the, yeah, some of the cool stuff, like, if, you know, that, 
to go viral or, you know, all that. Do you remember the in and out challenge? Like the CrossFit thing? Oh, where, yeah. Um, they, uh, they, they were, need a they burger and run a lap. Yeah, yeah, it was like Helen, right? They did. So it was, you know, 400, three rounds, 400 meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, 12 pull-ups. And in between every round, they would eat an in and out burger. Well, we, we call we tried that at our gym when we called it shotgun Helen and you had a shotgun, you know. a beer. So you would crack yep. a hole in it and you would shotgun a beer. That didn't go well. But the thing is, we didn't <laughs> fucking, that. we didn't publish, we videotaped it, but we didn't publish it on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a difference, right? That's true. Yeah. I, I saw that. It's like uh, the, the Finnish smile or the, the, the Polish smile, whatever it's called. And they have these, you know, insane runners every lap and they chug a beer. And yeah. they, you, you see people just, you know, they're still running like a, less, a sub five mile, but they're, you know, they got four miles. It's like the beer mile. Well. Like yeah. the beer mile yeah yeah, yeah. that, that just, shit just, has like, its place and it's fun and you know but the thing is you know like we were talking when you get you know the soccer mom that comes into your gym and and she saw something on the internet and then you know within yeah. two weeks she's like hey i want to try that and you know now you've got a, this responsibility because this person is right. paying you and you know you can't fuck them up and you have to have a way that's tactful that you could tell them you're being a fucking dumbass don't do that right yeah and then yeah you don't want to lose these members but if you don't right. please them they're just going to go around the corner because there's seven seven other gyms uh, you know within uh, a two mile radius so yeah. you know you don't want to lose them but you know how, so what, that's the uh, that's the magic advice how do you take care of them and give them what they want and still keep yeah. them doing what they yeah. need entertainment it's, it's been coined yeah. it's yep. been exertainment right exertainment yep. that's keep, our business keep it fun you know just like the kids classes we got a kids class that's blown up if you keep the workouts fun the kids want to keep coming back their parents can't believe the kids want to come back because it's fitness and their kids are little chunky kids that eat like crap and never want to get off the couch because they're playing video games and now the kids are coming into the gym and they want to come every every day because they just oh, man you got to do that with the adult classes too you got to make yep it yep that that's the the average person that's what they need and that's what i love about crossfit you know it's it's constantly varied and all that i don't think it needs to be extremely random but i do like the constant variance for the the average general population just to keep them fit and healthy and moving um but if they don't have like a, a basic understanding of the basics or, yeah that's redundant but you know they don't need to progress to you know crazy shit but i think that's where people kind of there's there's only so far down that road you can go before it starts getting crazy. I remember a while ago, they were like, they had a guy standing between two boxes, two jump boxes, hanging the rings over his neck. And there was a guy doing like pull ups <laughs> from his neck. You know, it's like, what is going on here, man? Well, it's, they, didn't, it's like, they didn't have it's, a rig. Yeah. It's like the partner, the partner deadlifts and, you know, just, yeah, the, yeah. just the crazy, the, the novelty for novelty's sake, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So, Wild uh, shit. One of the things I want to ask you, Matt, like, what is your, what is your training methodology? I mean, what's your background? I mean, as far as your training experience, I mean, I know you're underground strength. I know you're in the underground strength club with, with Zach Evanesh. I actually did that as well. Are you, uh, do you follow the, I mean, are you a West side guy? Did you do the DeFranco circuit? I mean, I, I'm actually starting to follow the Franco stuff a little bit, man. I'll tell you what, I'm really impressed with his, uh, his training program as well. But like, what is your, if a client were to contact you, you know, what kind of programming would they be in store for if they were to come in? Is it old school type training? Is it a mix of uh, a lot of the stuff you learn from different trainers and coaches and you put it together and you got your own strange shop type programming? I mean, just kind of break that down for us. Yeah, I mean, there, I've got an influence from a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, I, I love Jim Wendler and, and uh, even Mark Ripito. I know people will make fun of Mark and then there's people that, that love his, his simplicity of his novice program. But What's I think if you just keep it, keep it simple for a while, um, I, I like the idea of the five through one, but I add a little bit more variety and volume for most mm -hmm. people. Um, but yeah, we, we're, to me, it's a good combination of powerlifting and bodybuilding. So we're going to use the big lifts, and I and I use bodybuilding as you know lots of accessory work to keep yeah. to keep the variety there. And then the people that need to lose a little bit more weight, we're going to do a lot more full body conditioning. The people that need that are skinny need to build more muscle. We're going to do a little bit more classic. Um, 
um, isolation work with bodybuilding there. Uh, and obviously, you guys know as well as I do, nutrition is a huge part when it comes to body composition. So I have people that think that they can just do some crazy intense conditioning for like a uh, five or ten minutes, and then they go home and eat the whole pot. And it just don't work that way. Yeah. So um, I, I, I like that. It's my philosophy is basically getting people strong and, and, and building their body so they're durable and healthy and lots of different movement patterns instead of the redundancy of doing the same thing over and over again with just the big three lifts because it takes a very special type of person to, to endure that kind of monotony for years and years and years to, to get the, the, the results. So I do the best yeah. I can to, to entertain them. But like you said, the, the exertainment, um, when that's all it comes down to, you know, you're just like, you're just collecting people's money just to you know make them sweat. And they might not even make any progress at all, but, but Hey, you know, they're sweating. What do you think is, what do you think is missing the most out of most of the programs out there? Um, you know, whether it comes to CrossFit trainers or strength and conditioning facilities, I mean, what do you, what do you think is missing the most? Would, would it be, like you said, would it be some bodybuilding? Would it be like the bodybuilding or hypertrophy? Would it be nutrition? Would you know? Give us an idea of what your thoughts are on that. Well, there's so many people involved now, and everyone's trying to get their angle in there. So they're pretty much fixing it. Uh, every time I turn around and look at it, they're fixing it. But for years, I thought it was lack of uh, bodybuilding. There was hardly any accessory work. Like a wad of the day would just be like five sets of three squats and that would be it. And I thought they'd need a little bit more like you do your heavy squats and then you can do some back off work with some other accessory exercises. I'm not against machines for a while. I was completely against machines, but I think there's a place for them now. Um, the right machine for the right person at the right time. Um, and not everything needs, I, I think most people need to focus on the compound lifts, but sometimes if you have a weakness or something you're trying to fix or an injury, isolation work has its place and you know CrossFit literally had like no isolation work at all um yeah. and there was you know there was there was a lot of focus on full body which is good but you know they came out as an all-inclusive you know general fitness program and, and then they started breaking down and making a hell of a lot of money doing the uh the um when, when they broke it down to like we have this powerlifting cert and then the gymnastics cert and this anything specialization wise they made a lot of money building that up but it all started as a general a general fitness um, all-inclusive thing and I think uh, I think they're starting to fix it you know um, get some extra hypertrophy work in there and and you know doing more than just metabolic conditioning every single day that I see a lot of people do the, a lot of people had literally no focus on strength at all every day would just come in get smoked for 20 minutes and leave yep and, you know, yep. well that's why you know people a lot of you know 10 plus years into this owning the gym People will say, hey, uh, let's, I'm going to do some strength training and then I'm going to do a CrossFit workout. Wait a minute. Yeah, and that's not, and that's not CrossFit. Like, right. CrossFit never started that way. They didn't do like no. the strength work and then we're going to blow you up. But a lot of people did that. They, they would do their strength work and then they'd do a wad. And, um, and I looked at, I was like, why are you doing, isn't the whole thing a wad? It's not two separate things. Right. So, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, back in the day, Chris, uh, I mean, uh, Steve, Steve breaks my fucking chops. Go, oh, you follow main site programming. And you know what? Honestly, we did back in the day. And that's what, like you mentioned, Matt, is that, uh, you know, the whole entire workout of the day, what people call a wad, which I fucking hate saying yeah. that word, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they, they call it the wad, and it could easily have been deadlift. One, 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 one. That's yep. it. Yeah. Right. And that was the wad. That was the workout of the day. It was expected that, you know, you maybe did some conditioning, you did some mobility beforehand. Um, maybe you did some accessory work or you went for a swim or a run or something like that, or you played a sport that was expected. So now we have, you know, um, you know, you mentioned Ripito, like, yeah, that's boring as fuck, right? I've done his linear progression. It's amazing. It works for everybody who starts with it, but you can't, you know, for the most, the average person, they're not going to be able to sustain it past two or three months because it gets boring. Yeah. But yeah. It's so, that. Yep. Exactly. You know, so, yeah, the wad is different. The wad is, is everything you do. I heard, yeah, a, yeah, I, I heard I agree. a podcast. I heard a podcast the other day where they actually said, and I, I've never seen it, like maybe you would know, but they actually said that many, many, many years ago, even on the, the main site workout, they did like a strength workout and then a short conditioning session afterwards. Is there any truth to that, Mike, that you know of? Because I've never seen it, but. No, I've seen it. I, I've seen it. You know, if you go back to, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006, 
um, you would see something where it would say, uh, you know, fin or, you know, do a heavy set, uh, work up to a heavy set of deadlifts, and then do, you know, four times 400 meter run for time. Okay. See, you I know? never seen that. I didn't know yeah. that. Well, because you were always too good for the main site, Steve. No, <laughs> I, I told you that I do add in some main site workouts, but I don't follow that flow, bro. Do <laughs> Nobody it, does you know? anymore. It's, I mean, there's some oh. good workouts on there, but. I just don't do the three one, you know. Well, I mean, the workout up here, you can yeah. get a couple more of these, and we'll just make sure you get ready when you get rocking on your squats. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's in there getting some coaching right now online. See, there's well, Matt yeah, coaching. Just, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he just start right now, so I'm going to have to cut this pretty soon. Yeah. But, yeah. We're about yeah, done. We're anyway, so awesome. We'll just start a, let's end with this. How do we get in touch with you, Matt? How, if somebody's interested in like reaching out to you to get some uh, some programming or join your gym or in the Longwood area, how do they reach you? Everybody's on social media, so my name is Matt Wichlinski, and also the Strength Shop. I have I have both on Facebook and uh, and uh, uh, what's the other one? Instagram. So either the Strength Shop or Matt Wichlinski, you can contact me there. And then my, uh, my website is TSS Athletics. But if you Google the strength shop, you're going to find it. So, uh, yep, I'm, I'm in uh, about 15 minutes north of Orlando in Longwood, Florida. I got a little gym up here. I enjoy uh, training everybody that comes through. I have a couple of people that, that train with me online. Um, I'm not sure that's the, the route that I really love going, but I know a lot of people do that. Like as long as, as long as you have some popularity, everyone's an online coach now. And I like it, but I really, really enjoy the, uh, the interaction of having people with me and, and getting the instant feedback and actual coaching as opposed to just giving someone a program, which 99% of the online coaches do now. They just yeah. copy and paste something that they bought off yeah. somebody else and yeah. all of a sudden they're a coach. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Well, you're close. You're close by to us, so we're definitely going to have to visit Matt. And then for everybody who's listening, I highly recommend you uh, follow Matt on Facebook because he puts up some really funny, entertaining, and knowledgeable posts. So, uh, thank you for talking with us, Matt. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, Matt, uh, my pleasure, buddy. guys. Anytime. Yeah. Well, coach, All right. Coach, have a good one. Have a great day. Take care.